Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Daily Thread. My father is still over there in Israel, which is, it's been pretty rainy over there, no? Uh, off and on. Uh, the first few days were pretty nice. Uh, I'd say today was the rainiest day. Uh, but there's been uh, patches of hope, uh, patches of blue sky. <laughs> and I think, actually, as we speak, even though it's getting dark here now, I saw the, uh, there was like a torrential downpour and this large, humongous thunderstorm uh, with lightning. And then that was like, Really? That was like waving goodbye, you know? You know, when there's a thunderstorm... When are you leaving? Tomorrow night. When there's a thunderstorm or a lightning storm in the, in Israel, it's not just a thunderstorm or a lightning storm, you know? Usually something right out of, you think maybe it's like out of the movie The Ten Commandments. <laughs> or, you know, it's something like from Hollywood. But um, no, we're, we're, we're here in Israel. And um, what can I tell you? I, I think the thunder and the lightning is uh, more serious uh, in Jerusalem than it is in uh, in Monticello, you know, or uh, or Falls right. or Fallsburg during the summer. But you got some really right. big thunderstorms in the summertime. Uh, you know, uh, what can I tell you? We 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 generally over the last many years come here, hopefully when there's no pandemic, a couple of times a year. Usually in the winter, around this time of year, Hanukkah time, which is booming here. And then in the summertime, usually in July, you know, and in, in the summer, it's very, very hot. It's so hot that you feel like your skin's going to burn off. And in the winter, you know, you can get lucky with some some good weather or uh, you get uh, like this rainy day. Like I told the guy at the Waldorf yeah. uh, the other day that, uh, you know, we're praying for rain here. Sometimes God takes us too seriously. You know, and uh, yeah, because both we're, we're just as serious as he should. Um, I do want to I do want to say I apologize for the mess behind me. Anyone who's watching, we're in the middle of just uh, shipping out a lot of stuff from my office. Is so that what that is for all those who, yeah, for all those who email us saying, "Oh, there's a lot of boxes. Don't worry, it'll be it'll be cleaned up at some point." But I do want to you know segue into our first story for today, which is the frigid weather in the New York area over the weekend um i know you weren't here but you know shabbos had highs of 10 degrees wow. some places were some places were in the negatives certainly with a windshield so yeah it was absolutely freezing you had so i guess our our, our first story I'll, I'll say is you know frigid monster storm across the u.s claims at least 30 lives wow uh, this story via Yeshiva World. New York Governor uh, Kathy Hochul said Sunday that 12 deaths have been confirmed in the state from the massive winter storm that battered the United States over the holiday weekend, snarling travel and knocking out power to tens of thousands across the country. The deaths were announced in snowbound Erie County as utility workers and National Guard troops continue to work to restore power after western New York was was blasted by what officials have said was the region's, region's longest sustained blizzard ever. Hochul called the storm devastating. Um, that's where she's from. Yeah, I mean, generally Buffalo. She's, Buffalo is a, Buffalo got got hit with a lot of snow. Yeah, they always do. She's um, from Buffalo, and they got. I I saw this morning on Fox News that forty states in the country had uh, freezing temperatures. And, and of course, this, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, the story that um, most applicable to the Jewish people, to the Jewish world, is the is that of Woodcliffe Lake Hilton where 800 guests over Shabbos had to check out early because a main pipe burst on the fourth floor. Right. Um, some videos some videos from this uh, are, are just like crazy. You see the water on the lobby. We've been in that hotel many times. Right. 
And I'll just read over here. It says, a hotel in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, rented out for about 800 guests celebrating Shabbos Hanukkah, had to be evacuated after a pipe burst, leaving guests in frigid temperatures. Rachel Atzal and Chaveyim rushed to the Hilton of Woodcliffe Lake immediately after this man on Monday Shabbos to assist the guests, with Chaveyim providing multiple school buses allowing guests to remain warm and out of the frigid weather. Really? Woodcliffe Lake had a real field temperature below zero degrees Fahrenheit Monday Shabbos. Um, he, the uh, official said that the pipe burst on the fourth floor of the Hilton. It caused a massive leak and caused all heating fr- heating structures to be turned off. Wow. A concert that was planned for Matzah Shabbos uh, and, and activities that were scheduled Sunday had to be canceled. Who was going to? Uh, well, listen. First off, who's going to do the concert? First, I, I I think it was Joey Newcomb, but I'm not sure. But first off, Bar Hashem, everyone's okay. Right. You know, like everyone is everyone is okay. And, and you know what? It's a. I saw this was on the news. I think it was on ABC or something. And they interviewed a few a few Jewish people. And one of them said very correctly. He said, "Listen, at least this happened towards the end of Shabbos. Because right. had this happened right. on Friday night, you'd have a situation where you have to have 800 guests, uh, you know, as a sakana being put on buses on Shabbos yeah. to be brought somewhere else." Well, we've been through situations like that. Remember, there was a Shabbos morning fire once in the Homoac. In the Homeland Hotel, I don't know if you were there. Yeah. Were, you, were you there then? I don't know if you were there. I was there. I was there for I was there for multiple fires. <laughs> well, I, I remember there was a Shabbos Nachmu fire one morning, and and you know it's Shabbos morning, and the buses were coming from all the Hasidic camps uh, from every direction, with Kugel, every direction yeah. <laughs> possible. You know, they were coming with with fruit drinks and with chocolate and with Kugel, and and, the, and and people couldn't go back to their rooms, so they were taking down lists of medications. And, and being in touch. Yeah, I remember that. You know, so, uh, you know, all, everything gets, all rules get suspended because there's an emergency and well, everyone has a different kind of situation that they're dealing with. And, and the guy who said that, they're very fortunate that whatever happened, happened at the end of Shabbos, is right on target. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, it's 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 really crazy. First of all, I can't imagine the expense that this is going to cost a hotel to replace that pipe. It's probably very expensive. I don't know if anybody's really thinking about that, but that just shows how cold it actually was. You know, the office building that we're in, the office building that we're in in Cedarhurst right now also had a uh, pipe burst. Oh, yeah. And I think most of, the, most of the building is without, yeah, most of the building is without heat right now. Really? Um, but I don't know if the water, yeah, I don't know if the water is working, but it was so cold <laughs> and uh, it was so cold that it caused a lot of issues, a lot of places. And I will say that Friday, um, I know the five towns specifically. I don't know if this applies everywhere else, mm-hmm. but Friday we 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 experienced some serious flooding. I saw that. I saw a video. Um, I saw a video of that. Which, uh, like, some blocks were really like knee high in water. Cars were destroyed. Right. I saw that. I went down pretty quickly, but but it did it did wreak a lot of havoc. Um, so a little bit of a crazy weather weekend. Um, What's the thing? again very glad that. The very glad the people in Woodcliffe Lake were all okay. Right. I did hear from someone that already, already like Friday night, you know, maybe the heat wasn't working too well. Uh-huh. And some rooms uh-huh. were like really? f- 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, listen. I hear you. I feel like. Well, let me tell you, Shabbos Hanukkah was a spectacular year. Um, yeah. It was in the 50s, you know, not uh, not uh, warmer than it was Miami Beach. Uh, but uh, Yeah, I heard it, and Miami also is experiencing some cold weather. People don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I saw this morning. Uh, uh, I mean, it's seven hours ahead here, but I just saw an hour or two ago in Boynton Beach, Florida. It was like 44 degrees this morning. 
You know, so that takes. I don't know. That, I, I, I think you just sell your place there. I mean, sell. I don't even know if we have heat in the place there. You know, I know we have air conditioning. I guess. Well, I guess you set the thermostat to seventy-eight, and I guess it uh, it blows uh, hot air. I guess instead of cold air. I wouldn't rely on that, but maybe. Uh, I hope. Uh, I guess we'll find out uh, in a few weeks. But uh, we had a, a spectacular uh, weekend here. A beautiful Shabbos in the streets of Yerushalayim. And um, let me see who's calling me. Oh, okay. And um, and uh, beautiful Friday night, uh, beautiful Friday night davening, and uh, and Shabbos morning at davening at Tzadok Tzedek Shul, and the old city in Jerusalem. How was? It was very nice. Uh, a lot of the old folks that I've been davening with uh, off and on for the last uh, 33 years when, uh, when my father's yard site lands on the Shabbos, which, you know, can happen. I'm not sure it happened last year, but right. it definitely happened. The one, maybe it happened. No, it was last. You know, last year didn't happen, but two years ago it also landed on a Shabbos. And I really think I don't know how the calendar works really, but it really should go on a seven-year rotation. So it's enough if it comes out on Shabbos once every seven years. Is there someone you could speak to about that to make sure? I don't know uh, who can you the, speak the to. The people that manufacture the calendars, I think, have to be spoken to. To uh, to, to yeah, like, look look. God. It looks today's December twenty-sixth. And the banks and the post office is closed, so there's somebody in charge of uh, of, of of moving. Them. I think the Jewish calendar works a little different. Move, no? Moving these holidays around. Well, you know, the Jewish calendar. If 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 Tishuba falls out on Shabbos, you fast on Sunday. <laughs> I feel like, by the way, that's like it's such an interesting point. Today is not Christmas, and the well, bank is closed, and the whole world is acting as if it is. How does that work? Well, a lot of a lot of yeshivas are closed today too because it's the eighth day of Hanukkah, right? Okay, well that that makes so sense. I mean, are they, it's, it's always closed. Are they closed on Christmas or not? What yeshiva closes on Christmas? Ooh. You know, mm. I, I I know that in, in Washington Heights, you know, uh, in, in that community, they were always closed on these types of holidays out of respect to the non-Jews. They thought that it was a uh, offensive to secular yeshivas. Yeah, they the yeshivas up there uh, in those communities. They always. I remember years ago, I became aware of the fact that they closed out of respect on New Year's and Christmas. Well, you know, it's a, it could be you're disrespecting people. Well, they, they have non-Jewish teachers and they're not coming No, I'm teach. not talking about that. First, I'm, I'm talking about besides the fact that they don't want to impose on the teachers, the public school teachers that may not be Jewish or may not be observant that don't want to come in to work. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from, a, a, from a, the point of view of civility. You have a national holiday that's observed nationally by the Ninety-eight percent of the country, and you're not. What you're gonna you're gonna send your yellow school buses around to pick up kids uh, at the at the bus? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's a good reason for Bittel Torah. Okay, but uh, I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just saying that some people's reason is not uh, the the intent is not to not learn Torah, and most of the yeshivas that we're familiar with, of course, do have school. Doesn't matter what the intent. Doesn't matter what the intent is; it matters what's happening. No, the the point is, if you're living with uh, non-Jews in a non-Jewish world, a non-Jewish country, which is predominantly where are you? Where does that apply? Because in the five towns, it's predominantly Jewish, and in, and in Muncie, it's predominantly Jewish, and Lakewood, it's predominantly Jewish. So, where does that apply? Uh, it applies in the United States uh, in general. I'll tell you where it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply here in Israel. Here in Israel, you go hardly yeah. even have a hint that there's anything called Christmas. You can, there was no hint about that's, it yesterday, and certainly no hint today. Speaking of Israel, uh, I see this title via JNS. The Shin Bet foils a Palestinian bomb plot targeting inside Israel. Uh-huh. 
Um, the Shin Bet Domestic Intelligence Agency announced on Monday, which is today, that it thwarted a Palestinian terrorist bomb plot and set in a separate suicide bombing targeting areas inside Green Line Israel, involving operatives from Judea and Samaria who were directed by handlers from the Gaza Strip. A working bomb hidden in a fire extinguisher was seized. Really? According to the Shin Bet, a joint investigation with the Israeli Defense Forces saw the plot foiled on December 14th, and that the Popular Resistance Committees directed it together with the Shuhada Al-Aqsa, both of them terrorist organizations based in the Gaza Strip. Four suspected terror, terror operatives from Judea and Samaria are under arrest, the Shin Bet announced. Um, that's a, that is, that's a scary story. Yeah, but, you know... Uh, that's very scary. Listen, we, no more fire extinguishers. We, um, you know, the, the people here... Uh, basically the Arabs and the Jews that I came in contact with, people who work in the hotel, most of the cab drivers we had were, were Arabs, uh, I'll tell you. And um, most are very, uh, very friendly. You know, uh, there's, there's a big difference between the Arab cab drivers and the Jewish cab drivers. Uh, the Arab cab drivers are always, you know, trying to hustle you for more money. Uh, they tell, oh really? They tell you, the Israelis aren't. You no, know, so the Israelis are more uh, amenable to putting a meter on, and whatever the meter says at the end of the ride, uh, uh, you pay them. When you want to give them a tip, you give them a tip. But the Arab cab drivers, some of them are very nice. Some of them really would, which element? But but everyone had. They all have a story, you know. They can't go this way because of the traffic. The meter is not working. This is not working. That's not working. <laughs> You know, and so it's going to cost you anywhere from a 30 shekel ride. Uh, they'll charge you 100 shekel for. But that's just the the, the, the hustle of the business. And they know that it, they yeah. know that it's Hanukkah and they know that it's the holiday season. And they know the place is booming with people. And where we're sitting right now is the is a tourist area. You know, so yeah. I think the same thing happens in Times Square. You know, people from Oklahoma that are visiting Times Square are going into a yellow taxi. Believe me, some of them are paying a hundred dollars just to get down around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it could be. What? I I had somebody in my office the other week fixing one of my phone screens, and he happened to be he was Muslim. Um, and we were we were talking, and and I said, "Oh, so we're cousins." <clears throat> and uh, at first, he, he thought I was saying I'm cousins with his boss. I'm like, "No, me and you were cousins." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're cousins." Yeah. He's like, "And everyone who says about hatred, anyone who says about the Jews and Arabs hate each other." Uh, they don't know. They don't know what. They, they don't follow what what our you know what the Quran says. They don't follow what we're supposed to be. I said, do you care about your family? And if and if they care about their family, then they don't fight with with the Jews. And um, I was like, yeah, thank you. Well, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the people here, most uh, the rank and file people, the everyday people that are bringing up families here and they have jobs here, um, they they want to live in peace. Uh, I, I believe it's the leadership. That, that's corrupt, that became billionaires from being corrupt, that want to, yeah. want to uh, uh, sustain uh, a threatening uh, uh, situation that's going to explode into war. I mean, I mean, there's a crazy situation going on now with the government, you know. The government yeah. will probably be sworn in sometime this week, and, uh, and you know, there's there's all kinds of threats, uh, like you have um, Itamar Ben-Gvir, who's the public um, uh, security minister, which means that uh, he's in charge of the police. So um, uh, the Jerusalem Post reports today that a group of uh, rabbis in America, mostly conservative, reform, and reconstructionist <laughs> rabbis, said they're not going to invite any of the religious parties, uh, 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 members of PESET, to come speak in the United States. So 
Yeah. You, okay, so, no problem. So the response to that was from Ben Gvir, even if they invite us, we're not going. We don't want to speak to them. Yeah. We don't want to speak to them. <laughs> we don't want to speak. We don't want to go anyway. We don't want to speak to them. So. It's like you can't you can't, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> you know. Um, the final the final story that I have for today uh, is from the news. Migrants dropped near VP Harris's home on a frigid oh, night. Oh yeah, I read about that. Uh, Three buses of recent migrant families arrived from Texas near the home of Vice President Kamala Harris in record-setting cold on Christmas Eve. Texas authorities have not confirmed their involvement, but the bus drop-offs are in line with previous actions by border state governors calling attention to the Biden administration's immigration policies. The buses that arrived late Saturday outside the vice president's residency were carrying around 110 to 130 people. According to the Tatiana Laborde, managing director of of SAMU First Response, a relief agency working with the city of Washington to serve thousands of migrants who have been dropped off in recent months. Local organizers had expected the buses to arrive Sunday, but found Saturday that the group would, would get to Washington early. The board said the people on board included young children. And the weather, some of them were wearing T-shirts, and temperatures were around 15 degrees, which negative 9 degrees Celsius. It was the coldest Christmas Eve on record. And people are saying it was inhumane that they were dropped off in front of Kamala Harris's house, and we have a video, so I guess we'll show it right over here. Well, it, it is a, a, a uncivilized situation, unfortunately, and the Biden administration has presided over absolute chaos. Uh, for the last two years at the southern border, and it's only yeah, well, going to get worse. Well, who's who's sending them to the to the vice president's house? Who's doing that? Well, the you know they're sending them to sanctuary cities, so New York and Washington. Have prided no, them, uh, they, one second. It's a hello, it's a political. They prided themselves on being a sanctuary city. You know what a sanctuary city is? It means we that immigrants. Well, no matter just... whether you're whether you're here legally or not, we are going to protect you. Okay, but being dropped off outside the uh, uh, Kamala Harris's house uh, when it's like five degrees outside, that's not exactly. Um, that seems like a political pawn move, and you're using humans. Well, using well, I'm sure. I'm sure the bus was heated. You know, I'm, I'm sure it was a problem when they got when they got out of the bus. They should have had. Yeah. The vice president should have been prepared with jackets, you know, and sweaters for them. Uh, it could be done. Well, that's not the vice president's. That's not the vice president's job. Yeah, but she's the vice president, and she is the border czar. She was appointed almost two years ago by Biden to oversee immigration. She hasn't been to the border. Who is sending? Who is sending these 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 migrants to? Who's doing? Where that? they come from? They came from Texas. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Texas is getting seven thousand migrants a day crossing the border. And, so you're saying, what are they supposed to do? And they're just sharing some of the some of the people who want to actually come to Washington. They have relatives there. All, all I'm saying is, like, I agree with the with you know, I I hear the immigration <laughs> issue that you know there are, the Democrats are you know let let's let everybody in, but to be honest, they're just coming to Texas and Texas, which is a blue state, has to deal with has to deal Listen, with which is a red state has to deal with my, it. But my, but my, but like it's it's five degrees outside. My, grand, to, uh, well, my grandparents my grandparents were immigrants. You're 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 great. We're all immigrants. You know we 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 immigrants, but and they came they came from European countries, but they came here with a seder. They came here legally. They came here lawfully. They came here with some kind of a an organization with, with paperwork, not just show up, hello, here we are. 
give us everything, give us jobs, give us money, give us a place to live, give us food to eat. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but no, but we but we've also been turned away during the Holocaust. Boats of Jews have been turned away during the Holocaust and sent back to their death. And um, I, I wonder what the Jewish stance is on on immigration because. We wish that we wish that the United States had taken us in at that time. Well, or other countries, you, 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 they didn't. You, you can, you know, you, you can't say what the Jewish stance is. That's a very uh, complex uh, issue. What are you talking about? Uh, morally, ethically, what's the Torah's perspective? What's the Torah? What's the Torah's perspective on immigration? Well, listen, you're supposed to be uh, kind to strangers. So certainly, uh, from that from that perspective, you have to be kind to, to to strangers and take care of you. Don't shut the you don't shut the door on them. <laughs> But we have all I'm saying is that just because a lot of just because a lot of from Jews are Republicans, it doesn't mean that they have to agree with Republicans across the party line and also adopt their their immigration views, because those same immigration immigration views would probably never allow us to be here in America nowadays. Now, you know, a lot of from Jews that are Democrats. I know the Democrats that voted for Joe Biden. It's a, I think it's and, a minority. Uh, but, but listen, no, I think it's, it's, not, it's not a small it's a minority, but it's not a small minority. Uh, and they have large homes. Many of them, there's plenty of room. In there, do you know anybody that took in any any Venezuelans? You know, <laughs> I, I I hear I hear, and all I'm saying oh, you have an, you, is you, that you, you have an extra room in your apartment. You could fit a couple of people in there uh, from South America, I think. I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, you know, first of all, you're in, you give your whole entire house. I can go open the door right now. Maybe maybe they should start dropping them off on uh, on Sunset Road instead of in Washington, and we can start letting them in. Well, listen, they uh, they want to. Uh, there are many places that they could. That's why they dropped them off in front of Kamala Harris's house, because she has a lot of room there. It's just her and her husband there. And uh, if they were in such desperate need, they should have let them in. Let me ask you straight up: What do you think should be happening with the immigrants? Do you think? I think. What I think happen? there has to be there has to be a, a meeting of the minds. Uh, there has to be a legal process that that's orderly. Immigrants. So, so again, immigrants always came into right. the United States of America. You could arguably say immigrants built this country. We're children and grandchildren. Children and grandchildren of immigrants. America is a melt. Yes. America is a melting pot. But this is not immigration. This is chaos. This is chaos only because of the way we're reacting to it is what I'm saying. Because, no, this is chaos because, because we're not trying. No, we're not trying to find a solution. We're trying to play ping pong with human beings right now, and we're just trying to use them as political pawns. That's what's happening. Well, so what do you recommend? What do you suggest? How we go about it? People, are, this title, this title forty-two is going to be dropped in about a week or so, unless something unusual happens, and you're going to have fifteen thousand people crossing the border every single day, coming into the United States. That's a hundred thousand people a week. I think we're talking about two extremes, unfortunately. The Republicans don't want anybody coming in, and the Democrats want everybody coming in. And there needs to be, like you said, a meeting of the minds, and it has to be done in a certain way that it, that, it, that it works for everybody. But to just have people come in and then <clears throat> drop them off and ship them in T-shirts to you know, and when it's five degrees outside and to use people as pawns to, to represent your political view is not humane. It's not what we do. I don't think it's a Jewish perspective. I don't think it's a Torah perspective. And I think as a country uh, – we could do better. That's it. I think that we have to stop playing games like listen, this. It's silly. Listen, it's, it's obviously a politically motivated situation, but they're trying to get a message across. If uh, Washington, I know, but don't get a me- you don't you don't get a message across with other people's lives. If Washington D.C. can't can't deal with a hundred immigrants coming in on a Saturday afternoon. How is El Paso, Texas, supposed to deal with seven thousand people crossing the border every day? So why do you- 
and there's no okay, and, so good, and there's no reaction from the Biden administration. They just they just ignore it. They neglect it. Right. Uh, but if 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 it were Jewish people that were being sent like that, we would be out. We would be outraged. I'm sure the Aguda would get involved, and every organization that that is existing would get involved. We wouldn't be okay with it, and it's not okay because people cannot be used as as just like objects to push a certain a certain idea. So I think that's that's my stance on well, it. Well, we did we did we did get involved with the Ukrainian uh, uh, refugees when the war started last February in Russia. And the Americans Ukraine. didn't. No, our Jewish community raised millions of dollars to help. Get Ukrainians right. out of the Ukraine and get them. We weren't we weren't okay we weren't okay with just them being displaced. The same way we wouldn't be okay if if a bunch of Jews arrived in El Paso and were bust and left outside in Washington in five degree weather. We wouldn't be okay with that. We would say that's a that's a it's a it's a human right issue. Like you can't just do that. Well, you know? we need to obviously we need to take care. We need to care for one another and take care of one another. But it has to be done sensibly. Uh, and just like and just like Texas may have a political motivation for sending immigrants up to New York and to Washington, uh, the Democrats, the Biden administration also has a political uh, motivation behind having it uh, uh, functioning in such a, uh, a chaotic way. Anyway, I'm going to uh, oh, yeah. I'm going out to uh, eat. It's my last night in, uh, in Jerusalem tonight. Uh, we're heading back, <laughs> heading back to New York tomorrow night. So we're going to go to uh, what's it called? Um, no, what's the name of the musica? Kikara Musica. Kikara Musica, yeah. Kikara Musica. Nice. So uh, Enjoy. hopefully they'll have some heat there and uh, uh, over the tables because it's a little bit chilly outside. It's not uh, New York kind of mm-hmm. cold, but uh, it's a winter here uh, in Jerusalem. And uh, we'll report back to you tomorrow. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening and watching the Daily Thread for today. Please go ahead and leave a leave a review, a rating. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Please remember to subscribe if you're not already subscribed to the WhatsApp status account. The link is in the description of the show notes. And of course, you can send us an email to the Daily Thread at meaningfulmen.org. We will see you tomorrow.